we were hearing from teachers and we were hearing from the organizations that we work with that an event that was a one and done event just didn't really go deep enough. And they needed, they wanted to be able to extend that exposure to the content and the teachers that, hey, there, you know, this is really interesting stuff. How could I weave this into my curriculum in a way that would be much more meaningful and that I could do a larger scale project with? So from that, we developed Mentoric software. From the Insight Studio, this is Found in the Rockies, a podcast about the startup ecosystem in the Rocky Mountain region, the founders, funders, and contributors, and the stories of what they're building. I'm Stephanie, and on today's show, I have Allie and Kathleen and how they partnered to co-own Inspired Classroom. Inspired Classroom brings learning to life by creating a mentor-inspired software and service to connect students, educators, and experts. So both Allie and I are educators, and, and we'll talk a little bit about our journey. Mine was pretty traditional. I was a principal long ago in a little school, and we got a grant that was for video conferencing equipment, the big old units with the screens and all of that. And so I decided for my teachers that I would have a professional development day. So I looked for all of these amazing providers who were doing cool things with video conferencing. And I I found this weird lady in Missoula, Montana, and I was in Hamilton, Montana, so we weren't that far apart. And so I set up a time for her to come in and talk to my teachers. And she came in and talked about bears and showed bear video. And she was in this leather chair in a green screen studio. And it happened to be Allie. Oh, <laughs> and so, so funny. That was our first, our first uh, encounter together. And she just had a lot of fun energy. And then so when I retired from the system, I still wanted to work in, in education, but in the technology part of it. And I looked her looked up Allie and we got together and <laughs> and talked about crazy ideas and couldn't stop talking. And so Inspired Classroom was born. Wait, yeah. So Allie, how did you find Allie? Like why was she on the radar at that point? Allie, were you doing video education at that point? I was. So I started out my professional life as an art educator and then took a little break when my kids came on the scene and I was excited to jump back into education, but I was looking at doing it a little bit differently. And I started working with organizations that had education outreach goals and I would build programs for them. And so I found this really fun niche in building programs, getting them going, and then going to work for another organization that needed the same work. And through that, I also got connected with video conferencing. And at the time, nobody knew what video conferencing was. Zoom was not even like a thing that we would like think of. It was these huge, like Kathleen said, these huge pieces of equipment that you needed with monitors and cables and dedicated hardware. And so it it was a much different world than it is today. And one of the things that I, I realized is that we can really get the message out from these organizations and we can reach students anywhere, anytime, any place 
using this equipment as long as they have equipment in the schools. And so I started working with organizations to help them go ahead and get their content. So one of our longtime partners is the Montana World Affairs Council. And I would work with them to bring speakers, ambassadors, and consul generals into the classroom across the state of Montana. And eventually, I started going outside of Montana, across the United States, and even around the world with these types of connections. And so when I connected with Kathleen, I'd been doing this for a while, and we hit it off immediately. Huh. Wait. Okay. So you're saying like forever ago, I think we're all like sitting here thinking like it w- it must've been like in the 1920s that we didn't have zoom. So what, what year are we talking about? 10 years ago is when we first met. And then like Kathleen said, we started inspired classroom. She looked me up after she retired. I was looking to make a bit of a change in what I was doing professionally. And we said, Gosh, you know, we have some pretty some pretty passionate points that we both really agree on. And one of those is equity of access. Another is support for educators. And then a third is bringing really authentic learning experiences into the classroom. And over frosty beverages and our common shared passion, we said, well, let's take a chance. Let's do this. Let's start Inspired Classroom. And see where it goes. Interesting. And so until then, Ali, did you consider yourself like a freelancer? Yes, that would be a good way to say it. Another way that we refer to that in the education realm would be an informal educator. So I spent Uh some time as a formal educator or an in-class traditional educator. And then I moved into that realm of informal education. Okay. So you two get together, you think kind of bringing together your aligned purpose to create inspired classroom. And when you decided like, let's take a chance and do that. What, what did you think you were creating? Well, it started with, as Ali said, the distance learning experiences. And as a traditional educator, I saw the power of opening the classroom walls to the wider world. And how, you know, if you're in, you know, Hamilton, Montana, or, you know, a a smaller place, you may not have access to things like museums or really amazing experts. Or if you have to get on a bus and drive for, you know, 200 miles to take a quote unquote field trip, that's super expensive, super time consuming and just doesn't happen. And so I have always been kind of a futurist. I I believe in looking down the road at education and seeing where it's going, seeing how we can always make it better. And technology is a piece of that. It's never going to take the place of a face-to-face classroom and that in-classroom experience, as we've learned this year, it's super important for kids to be in classrooms with other kids and teachers. But if we can open up the classroom walls to amazing experiences and really pique kids' interests and support teachers in providing those experiences, why wouldn't we do it? It just makes sense to me. So 
that's when we started talking. Ali had had the technical experiences and and kind of that broader one and done sort of high interest topic, but we thought we need to do even more impactful learning this mm-hmm. way. And so that's where we we kind of continued the journey that in that direction. Amazing. What was the first year like? You know, I know I've heard, you know, having a founder is like being married. <laughs> And you guys kind of met and decided to launch a company together. What happened? What was oh my the gosh. Well, we've been so lucky. We get along really well. And I think that because we have some really similar passions and belief in education, it's always been a very good backing for us. We've never had any trouble just speaking our minds and telling <laughs> the other what we think. And that's been great because we, we're not afraid to have hard conversations. But that first year, I'm thinking back and I'm thinking we had this contract with the Washington State Parks Foundation and we loaded up a trailer full of equipment. I mean, we needed we needed a full trailer full of equipment. Stuck to the gills. And we drove out to the San Juan Islands. We got to the San Juan Islands. We had one power plug that we had to to use to connect all of our equipment. We had and the satellite, and the satellite because we had to have a satellite uplink because there was no internet <laughs> where we were. Oh, and I can also remember, it was so funny, at that point, we were just starting out. And so we really didn't have consistent pay cycles or selling cycles. And so I can remember being on the phone with our client before we left saying, no, you have to go find a bank to transfer us the money because we can't afford to drive to the San Juan Islands until we get the money in the bank. And they were amazing. They were fantastic and awesome. And they did that. But it was this life of, we don't really know what we're doing, but we're going to do it. We know what good teaching and learning looks like. We understand the technology. Sure. We'll bring everything to the San Juan Islands where there's no internet, where there's one power plug, but they've got whales and they've got incredible interpretive specialists. And we connected 11,000 kids to that experience. Wow. That's so crazy. So talk to me about your roles. How do you divide and conquer in this? Is one of you more in like the sales role, prospecting? Like, do you both do it all? Have you figured it out? I think we we both do everything. I mean, that's pretty interchangeable. But through the years, I think we've developed kind of not necessarily what our preferences are, but what we can have time for. So for example, because I spent a lot of my years in administration, you know, that that not so fun stuff of bookkeeping and, you know, contracts and all of that kind of stuff usually falls my way just so that I can, you know, get all of the paperwork, the back stuff that has to be done. And Allie really has developed her skills through the years in that technical realm. So the hardware solutions, 
the software solutions, understanding how to set up the hardware and troubleshoot, all of that has has really fallen to her. Not to say that I can't do some of it, but I try to ignore that part because I don't really want to know. And she's she kind of really gets excited about you know, the puzzle of solving software and hardware issues. And so we've kind of naturally gravitated to different roles. But when it comes to client acquisition and networking and sales, that's equal. That's we both do that equally. Mm-hmm. Well, and I want to I just want to add stuff that one of the things that we've done and well, the part that we love, right, is that interactions with schools, with teachers, with organizations that we work with. And we love the content. We love thinking about best teaching and learning practices. And from the feedback of the teachers we were working with and the feedback of the organizations, the museums, the nonprofits, the government programs, we decided that there was there needed to be more. And that's when we started developing software. And so we now have launched Mentoric Software, which is our mentor-based software that connects organizations to students and teachers in the collaborative environment. We launched that because we knew it was needed and also because we knew we could develop it with those best teaching and learning practices. And so that's sort of like the candy for us. We absolutely love that. That's, you know, that's dessert when we're, when we're thinking about running a business. And so it really excites us to sit down together and to think about these systems and how we can help bring learning to life for students mm. around the world. That's so amazing. I want to talk about Mentoric, but before we do, for myself and those listening, I I really want to paint the picture of what you all do because it's so cool. So can you think of an example that you're just really proud of, a project you did that you're really proud of? Talk to, tell me like, what was the project? What were you hired to do? What did you do? What did that look like? And what was the outcome? Like who did it reach? How does that work? One of our clients is MPG Ranch, which is about 20 miles south of Missoula, and it's about 16,000 acres and a biological research station. They're researching everything from the soil to the, the herd animals to the plants to the predators. And we have a longstanding relationship with them where they hired us to translate their content that they're learning as researchers so that a school audience could understand what's going on. And so our first project with them had to do with the mountain lion research that they're doing on the ranch, where they have an amazing network of cameras. They capture the mountain lions, and then they also have a team of trackers in the winter who track the mountain lions backwards. They don't want to ever push the mountain lions. They don't collar them. It's very non-invasive, but they were getting data and photos and videos of these amazing mountain lions. And so we created what we call challenges, which are learning experiences for elementary age students, for middle school age students and for high school students based on the standards that teachers are teaching in science or literacy. And so we developed these challenges and put them out 
to the world, essentially. And teachers can sign up for free because our clients pay for that. And the students can really learn about the research that's being done and then create a product that is much like what they would do in science, for example, a written piece or, you know, some kind of a communication piece. And so part of that, because of our background in video conferencing, part of that is also live interactive days with the trackers. And so we take, again, the big video conferencing equipment up to the side of a mountain in Montana and talk to the mountain lion trackers because part of our passion and part of their the client's passion is that they really want students to understand the world at large, but also what people are doing in the world, you know, and they may not have exposure to those kinds of things. And so we were actually working with a classroom from Hoboken, New Jersey, and we were up on the side of a, of a hill and we were talking about how far mountain lions jump. And so I ran back about 10, 10 feet and said, is, do they jump this far? And the mountain lion researcher said, well, no, keep going. So I went back and went back. And about 40 feet is how far they can jump. So the kids were like amazed. But behind me was a mountain because we were on top of a ridge. (laughs) And so after the experience, the teacher emailed us right away and said, oh, my goodness, goodness, my students were amazed at that. They loved it. But they thought you were on a set until you ran backwards. And they didn't realize that mountains like that really existed. Wow. And so those are the unintended impacts that we've experienced where, you know, you, as a teacher, you think all oh, the kids are going to learn X, Y, and Z, but it's so much bigger than that. You know, it's so much bigger. And some of those intended unintended consequences are what really keep us going. Well, and I want to, I want to just interject too. some of the things that our clients really get out of this is that they have exposure to a much wider audience than they would ever be able to bring to the ranch. And for them, actually having a lot of people on the ranch is not always a good thing because that's a lot of footsteps stepping on soil samples that might be part of an experiment, but they are excited to share that work with the broader world. So it really extends their their research and what they're doing. It also hits populations that are important, that they realize don't always have access to this type of information. So it's a lot of times those rural or economically underserved locations that we're able to access. And it also creates that magic because between the software mentoric, which is what the challenges are housed and housed on and the live interactive distance learning events, students are really able to connect with the experts, connect with the information that they're learning and think through these problems that we pose to them in a way that is really meaningful and also relevant and brings that authentic learning into the classroom. So cool. I I just like, I can picture it. I love that story. Thank you for sharing it. So you all have been doing, doing these projects for 10 years now, about not, not 10 years quite. And recently the last couple of years, you got your hands on some software, you improved upon it. You built some stuff yourself. 
and are now going into this new phase of the mentoric software that you brought up earlier. What happens? What is that? And, and where is that going? Simple well, question. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> minor. Yeah. Just a, a very minor question. No. So mentoric is the software that we developed. And again, this, it was developed because we were hearing from teachers and we were hearing from the organizations that we work with that an event that was a one and done event just didn't really go deep enough. And they needed, they wanted to be able to extend that exposure to the content. And the teachers said, hey, there, you know, this is really interesting stuff. How could I weave this into my curriculum in a way that would be much more meaningful and that I could do a larger, larger scale project with? So from that, we developed Mentoric software. We were lucky enough to have sort of a test run with, get this, some software that was developed in 2000. So it was pretty much a dinosaur in software, but it was really fun because it became our sandbox. And that very first year, we just played with it. We tried different things out. We tested it with teachers. We tested it with organizations. And we got to the point where we, we said, all right, I think we know what we want to build. So then we decided to step into and jump into software development on our own. Sometimes I think we're crazy, but it's been a wonderful experience overall. And so we now have Mentoric Software, which provides dashboards for managers, so organizations that are creating these experiences for the mentors or the educators for students, and also a reviewer dashboard where projects can be reviewed by an authentic source. And so it, it works together because it's a very collaborative atmosphere. It involves thinking process templates that help with real world type thinking processes, such as problem solving, design thinking, science communication, and it provides any resource that a teacher or an organization would need, or a student for that matter, to be really successful in creating the, the end result. Kathleen, do you want to add some more to that? I think, again, what our, what our really driving force is, is that we want to move the needle a little bit in education. And teaching itself is a pretty isolated activity. And traditionally, teachers have gone in their rooms and shut their door and done an amazing job and, and created these experiences. But we're in a different world now. And we need to bring the classroom into the world in a way where teachers feel like they can be part of the professional world and get help with creating content not just from a textbook, but from an expert who has a really deep understanding of, of a particular piece of content that teaches a bigger, broader way to think about the world. And so a lot of the things that we do and the way that the, the software has been developed has been to really put how you think in front of what you think about. And so those thinking processes and, and the way that students engage with the content is what's really important because that's what's going to help them move forward in their careers or their, you know, post-secondary education, whatever. So it, it's really more of a holistic approach to getting kids excited about the content. Mm. So interesting. And a part of what this makes me think of, I, I did a past interview with this amazing woman of Cheddar Up, 
and this idea of, but doesn't this already exist? And I think you just hit on that is this idea that people know that there's LMS softwares and stuff out there, but because of your background, because of your unique understanding of this segment, you're able to build a product that goes beyond just like the functionality of building an LMS. Can you, can you touch on that a little bit on how that works and, and why that's important? Sure. So a lot of LMSs, in fact, most of them are about the business of managing school or managing learning. And that's definitely needed. Absolutely. Because it is, you know, managing all of that is, is a huge uh, feat that, that these tools can help with. But we're, we're not really about that. We're about providing a place for organizations to curate their content in a way that becomes evergreen and can be used year after year after year by classrooms and, and a way for the teachers to have access to the, that content mm-hmm. and then develop it in a way that makes sense for their learners. Because there is nothing worse than a canned program or a digital worksheet that that just you throw to a kid and and it's not it's not dynamic it's not what they need it's not how they need it and so really looking at building tools and building a platform that allows both the organization to customize what they're putting out there and then the teacher to take it and customize in their classroom for their particular learners is really crucial. So what we've developed is is much more flexible than a static learning management system. And I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to add on to that. So when you think of a learning management system, a lot of times people will think about learning management systems, like Kathleen said, that are in the business of managing schools or that are developed for adult learning. And they're very static. It's very much sit, get content, maybe take a multiple choice quiz and be done. And that's that's the opposite of what we're we're, we're looking we're looking to develop. So the alternative for a lot of organizations right now is building lesson plans that they house on their website. And these lesson plans can be downloaded by educators. They may have a function where a teacher has to sign in to get the the lesson, but it's really hard to track who's using these lesson plans. And it's really hard to determine if they're being taught in a way that is authentic, that the content is being translated to the students in an appropriate way. And whether or not the students are, there's an impact on student learning, gathering that, especially for reports and grants that these organizations are writing to further their education outreach is really, really important. And so part of our, part of Mentoric helps organizations track educators, track student engagement and involvement. It also does this in a way that doesn't lose the magic that organizations have. A lot of them are really exceptional at those in-person experiences. And so we try to connect that with the distance learning and that open-ended thinking process to, to, to make that magic happen. The other alternative for an organization are trunks. And when I say trunks, I mean literal trunks. It's very common that an organization will fill a trunk with 
objects, artifacts that students can touch. They might put a lesson plan into it and then they will mail it to schools. Pretty common that it's about $250 each way to mail one of those trunks to a teacher having received trunks and also having been with organizations that send trunks. <laughs> you don't always know what to do when the trunk arrives. You open it up. Sometimes things are missing. Sometimes things go back to the organization and things are missing. You have to apply for grants in order to cover the cost of shipping. It's it's a pretty cumbersome process. There are some incredible pieces that come with it. And we're not saying that you have to totally get rid of the trunk, the trunk system, but that is really the only alternative right now mm. for organizations to engage with students that are not on site. Okay. Trunks. I would have not known that. This is interesting. So talk, talk to me, where are you at with your software? I know you, you all have been in some accelerators. Is the software live? What's the next step? Like, what does the future look like here? Well, I think that's the the fun part of the of our journey, the way that we've done this is we've actually been using and selling this software for three years now. And so we have clients that come back to us. We've been using the iterations of the software that we have. So it's absolutely up and functioning. It's an MVP. We iterated a little bit this year and launched a manager dashboard to it because we were hearing that that was the demand. That's what they needed. And so we're excited about having a product that works that people want. And now we're in sell, sell, sell cycle. And so defining how to do that customer acquisition and scaling up because now we have the manager dashboard, it is sellable that way. So we can sell by subscription and, and that type of thing. Allie? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's where we're at. We are looking for funding to take this to the next level as we are acquiring clients. And so it's sort of a two-pronged approach that we are using. Like Kathleen said, since launching the manager, the manager dashboard, that allows us to, to really have a SaaS product and our organizations are learning how to are learning how to make the transition to managing it for themselves and it's been a lot of fun working with them to see how they kind of light up and go oh i get how i can start building my own experiences so so that's been really fun we're working on developing a sales model that is repeatable now that the manager dashboard is up and running and i think that's taking up the majority of our time at the moment. Until this point, you you all have done this without funding? Yes, we've right? bootstrapped this company. Yes. Nice. So you you all have essentially, yeah, bootstrapped, used your client loads and your consulting side to fund the software. So you have a functioning software and you're going out and raising for your first time with a customer base. Did I get Correct. that right? Correct. Ah, what a nice place to be in. <laughs> we hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in theory, I get it. It's always hard, which I, I want to move into the rapid fire question, but I have one more question before that. And it's, have you ever thought about quitting along the way? Like you, you're both such positive energies that it seems like it must just have been an easy 10 years. How, how's it been? I don't think we've thought about quitting because... <laughs> 
our, I guess our worst hang up is that we go and then we could do and now we should do. And oh, what if we did? And so we probably have too many ideas. <laughs> and that's what gets us excited and up in the morning. I don't know, Allie, have you ever thought about quitting? No, I also think we're really stubborn and maybe stubborn is the wrong word, persistent, tenacious. You could use those words instead, but we really believe in what we're doing. And we really believe that there is a need for this, not just from a business perspective, but from an ethical standpoint as well. And it's when I think those two things come together, that for me is what what really keeps me going. I feel like this is this is needed in education and not just as one more ed tech tool, but as more of a systematic change and a systemic change is really what I was what I want to say about that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think your your energy together too, you seem to just balance each other so well. And it's so nice. I love you two together. You're just so great. Yeah, fun. Okay. Rapid fire questions. I would love your both of your answers to each of these questions. I ask them every time. What are you looking forward to in the next 30 days, personal or professional? Ooh, the next 30 days, I want to create our customer journey and start selling. Awesome. I also want to do the same, acquire a few new customers, and I want to go rafting. <laughs> mm, it's almost that time. Amazing. If your company shut down for a week and you could do anything with that time except work, what would you do? Oh, well, I am always outside. So, and, and it's starting to be summer in Montana. So I'm planning on going, riding a bike on going to the Sun Road and just experiencing the outdoors. Ditto. Something along those lines. We've been, we've sort of had a dream bucket list that my family has been creating as COVID is slowly starting to shift and things are starting to open up. And so I think hitting that, that list pretty hard would be my, would be my top, top priority. I love it. One thing I want to call out about both of you is you've built this amazing company and I just look at you as very balanced individuals. Like I, from what I know of you, you guys go and do fun things. You haven't, yes, you're good about balancing that. Absolutely. I learned that I think through the 30 years of traditional education is, <laughs> which was lovely, but having your own company allows that flexibility and it sharpens the thaw. You, we can't do what we do with, if all we do is work. Right. No. No. Yes. I love it. Anything binge worthy in your life right now, books, podcasts, TV shows. I'm watching the crown series all the way through. Mm, I love it. You know, my book, my bookshelf has about 10 different books that I'm reading at any given time. And so I always try to have a workbook, a book about work, improving whatever I'm doing. I try to have something that is historical or science-based that's going to, I don't know, yeah. Bring me a little more knowledge in there. And then I always have a good mystery. And I totally binged some really fun mystery books over 
(laughs) Over the Winter by a Montana author about a fly fishing guide who's also a private detective. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. So, Allie, you're the type that has like 10 books going at once. Yes. Yes. All over. I can't imagine. Like, my brain does not work that way. Okay. Who is someone you're really looking up to in life right now? My kids. Tell me more. I totally look up to my kids. I just look at the resilience over the last year and they're teaching me what I need to know in life. And they're a huge inspiration for why I do what I do. Sure. And I would say probably my friends, I'm developing a set of friends here in town that are pretty wild and adventurous women. So (laughs) that's been fun. Very good. What is a current challenge you're facing either within Inspired Classroom or personally? With Inspired Classroom, Kathleen and I joke sometimes that we did things backwards. We were educators and we knew what we wanted to do. And so we jumped in and we just started doing it and we didn't really ask questions or think about it. It's worked. We've had clients and revenue since day one, which has been wonderful. But now we realized, well, we realized this a while ago that we really needed to focus on the business and understand Inspired Classroom from a business perspective. And so we've, the accelerators that we've been through have really been helping us focus that attention. And so For me, that's been a challenge to make that shift in my brain from teacher to business person, but it's a really wonderful challenge and I've had to really grow and stretch and it's a continue, it's something that I continue to to do on a daily basis. I think for me, the challenge is to look down the road and see what, what transitional phases look like for me and and what the next thing is. And so, you know, I've loved being involved with this and in growing growing this company and I'm planning on still being involved in that in a really rich way, but there may be other transitional pieces as part of that and and what does that look like? So, and and having gone through a few transitions in my life, I I I find that that's both scary and exciting to look forward to. So, this is just one of those times. Mm. That is a great note to end on. And um, thank you both so much for your time, for being so authentic, what you're doing in the world. I, as a parent, I feel grateful knowing you are out there doing this to end. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you and the company online? Absolutely. You can visit our website at inspiredclassroom.com. You can check out Mentoric Software at ICChallenge.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on LinkedIn. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Found in the Rockies. You can find links in the show notes or go to foundintherockies.com to get transcripts, links, and contact information for today's guests. If you like what you heard and want more, please rate, review, and subscribe to get notified as our new episodes drop. See you next time.